Good evening, everyone. We welcome everyone here today. We are uh, glad to be hosting this special service together during this holiest of weeks. Uh, It's always a joy uh, to be together with my sisters and brothers from Zion United Church of Christ and First Christian Church and others who have joined us tonight as well. Uh, Though tonight's service will be anything but a joyous service, um, I preached a, a a sermon a few weeks ago that uh, was that I titled uh, "The Cross Is Not a Fashion Statement," and uh, the main point of the sermon was a speculation that in our our, our attempt to be trendy with our cross accessories, I, I wonder if we've lost sight of exactly what happened there. Somebody died, and we should never take that lightly. And that's the purpose of this service tonight. It is to help us to recognize the ugliness and the darkness of Jesus' crucifixion. We started Holy Week on Sunday by celebrating with the crowds ushering, uh, ushering Jesus into the city of Jerusalem with a big parade. And as the week progressed, Jesus' teachings continued to be a burr under the saddle of the Jewish leaders. Yesterday, Jesus had his last meal with his disciples and reminded them that one of them would betray him that he would be arrested and die. And now here we are today, Good Friday, though there is not much good about it. It is the day when Jesus died on the cross. Tonight we recognize Jesus' death with the observance of a tenebrae service. The word tenebrae comes from the Latin word for darkness. Uh, It's an ancient service that gradually diminishes the light through the extinguishing of the different candles on the front that we, we have here. And this increasing darkness symbolizes the darkness of Jesus' death and the hopelessness of a world without God. At the end of the service, we will be plunged into almost total darkness, and then we will leave in silence as we ponder a love that is so deep that Christ would go through a terrible, gruesome death for us.
please join me in our responsive call to worship. They shouted. Crucify him. Crucify him. Pilate asked, Shall I crucify your king? We have no king but the emperor. Then he handed Jesus over to them to be crucified. They took Jesus, and carrying the cross by himself, he went out to the place of the skull. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus between them. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. created the universe and all its creatures and then set it into motion. You picked up dust, created us male and female, blew your spirit into us and then set us down in your perfect creation. You loved us from the beginning, the very beginning, from the moment that clump of dust took shape. And for some reason that defies logic, you keep loving us. Loving God, when we were not satisfied with having you lead us, when we whined and cried and kept saying we wanted a king to lead us, knowing full well that human kings are weak and vulnerable and would lead us places we shouldn't be, you loved us. God, when you realized that our future, our lives, our salvation hung in the balance, 
you did the only thing that would seal our fate once and for all. You came yourself. And again, your love surpassed everything. Lord of us all, when we got to the point that it was either turn back and leave us to fend for ourselves and die, or finish what you came to do, save us from ourselves, you chose us. You chose to be arrested. You chose to be beaten to a bloody mess. You chose to have spikes driven in your wrists and feet and be hung on a cross. You chose to finish what you came to do. You you chose to love us above all else. Father, forgive us. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know the length and breadth and depth of your love for us. But now as we stand at the foot of the cross, we know you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, and you love us more than your own life. Oh, my God. Amen. The King of Heaven fall in anguish to his knees. The light and hope of all the world now overwhelmed with grief. What nameless sorrows must he see to cry out in the garden? Oh, take this cup away from me, yet not my will, but yours. Yet not my will, but yours. To know each friend will fall away, and heaven's voice be still. For hell to have its vengeful day upon Golgotha's hill. No words describe the Savior's plight to be by God forsaken till wrath and love are satisfied and every is faith, and every sin is faith. 
place What kept him on this road His love for Adam's cursed race For every broken soul No sin too slight to overlook No crime too great to carry All mingled in this poison cup And yet he drank it all The Savior drank it all. The Savior drank it all. the Lamb of God. The next day, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Despised and rejected. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity, and as one from whom others hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him of no account. I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from insult and spitting. for our transgressions. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. 
Yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole. And by his bruises we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Trust in God. Commit your cause to the Lord. Let Him deliver. Let Him rescue the one in whom He delights. Insults have broken my heart, so that I am in despair. I looked for pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. Sorrow. Is it nothing to you, all you who pass by? Look and see if there is any sorrow like my sorrow, which was brought upon me, which the Lord inflicted on the day of his fierce anger.
the arrest. After Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to a place where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas brought a detachment of soldiers together with police from the chief priests and the Pharisees. And they came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all was to happen to him, came forward and asked them, Whom are you looking for? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus replied, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they stepped back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Whom are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you are looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. I did not lose a single one of those whom you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave, and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back in its sheath. Am I not to drink the cup that the Father has given me? So the soldiers, their officer, and the Jewish police arrested Jesus and bound him. to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it was better to have one person die for the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter was standing outside at the gate. So the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out, spoke to the woman who, was guard, who guarded the gate, and brought Peter in. The woman said to Peter, you, not, you are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I'm not. Now the slaves and the police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold and they were standing around it warming themselves. Peter was also standing with them and warming himself. 
Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Jesus answered, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the police standing nearby struck Jesus on the face, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered, If I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They asked him, Are you not also one of his disciples? Aren't you? But he denied it and said, I'm not. One of the slaves of the high priest and relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? And again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, the cock crowed. they took Jesus from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the headquarters so as to avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, If this man were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews replied, We are not permitted to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill what Jesus had said when he indicated the kind of death he was to die. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. 
For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no case against him, but you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? They shouted in reply, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a bandit. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. And the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him, saying, Hell, king of the Jews, and striking him on the face. Pilate went out again and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no case against him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Here is the man. When the chief priests and the police saw him, they shouted, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no case against him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law he ought to die because he claimed to be the Son of God. Now when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters again and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, Do you refuse to speak to me? Do you not know that I have power to release you and power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor. Everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat on the judge's bench at a place called the Stone Pavement, or in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon. He said to the Jews, Here is your king. They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate asked them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but the emperor. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified.
crucifixion. So they took Jesus, and carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus between them. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Don't write King of the Jews, but this man said, I'm King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each soldier. They also took his tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from from the top. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see who will get it. This was to fulfill what the scripture says. They divided my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. And and that is what the soldiers did. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing behind, beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. And then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, in order to fulfill the scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, the Jews did not want the bodies left on the cross during the Sabbath, especially because that Sabbath was a day of solemnity. So they asked Pilate to have the legs of the crucified men broken and the bodies removed. Then the soldiers came back and broke the legs of the first and the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once blood and water came out. He who saw this has testified so that you might also believe. His testimony is true, and he knows what he tells the truth. When things occurred so that the scripture might be fulfilled, none of his bones shall be broken. And again, another passage of scripture says, They will look on the one whom they have pierced.
the burial. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission. So he came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who had at first came to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about a hundred pounds. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices in linen cloths, according to the burial customs of the Jews. Now there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there.
my God. 